Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for From the Short Grass with Trey Shap, a golf podcast for those who love golf, struggle with golf, and just like to enjoy the outdoors and fellowship with friends, all while chasing a ball around trying to put it in a four and a quarter inch diameter hole. From the Short Grass is brought to you by Stevens Incorporated an independent financial services firm with the freedom to focus on what matters most. Blackman Auctions. For over 80 years, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. We partner with you to deliver high-yield results by managing, developing, and investing in top-quality hospitality assets. And now, from the short grass, here is your host, Trey Schaap. Welcome to this edition of From the Short Grass. The 150th Open is taking place this week. Tiger Woods back at his, quote, favorite course, St. Andrews. If this is going to be Tiger Woods' final Open at St. Andrews, Tiger Woods said he won't be sad that it's over. He's just happy that he made it back to be able to play this year. Woods played his first Open at St. Andrews, won his first Claret Jug at St. Andrews, and yes, calls it his favorite course in the world. If I had to bet, and sometimes I do when playing around a golf, but if I had to bet, Tiger Woods will make the cut at the Open Championship this year. Think about it. It's a flat course, The weather is not supposed to be terribly bad, and if he can avoid bunkers, which that is the only thing that I think kind of in the back of my mind has me thinking maybe he doesn't make the cut, is if he has too many shots out of those bunkers, trying to get into those bunkers with that one bad leg and bad ankle, can he do it? to where he's able to make a swing at a shot if he's in a bunker. Remember, when he won his first Claret Jug at St. Andrews, he didn't find a bunker the entire 72 holes. If he does that this week, Tiger Woods will make the cut. That would be three cuts in three majors played for Tiger Woods. Got a great episode of From the Short Grass. We're going to talk with Patrick Sullivan. He is currently an assistant golf coach with the Little Rock Trojans, and they have had quite a bit of success the last couple of years. Patrick joins us after the break. want to tell you about our good friends at Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. Matthew Allen, Blair Allen, the great guys over there, they take care of you, and they know how to manage hotel properties. If you need a great place to stay, go on their website, bphotels.com, and find one of their great properties to stay in. We're back after this. This is Thomas Blackman of Blackman Auctions. You all know by now I'm not a good golfer, but my son loves the game and he and I have been playing more. I've got my score down to, I've quit playing a scramble on every hole. I'm using the bunker rake much less than I used to, and a lot of the time I hit my drives past the women's tee box. All of my success in golf can directly be tied to me listening to From the Short Grass. Without it, I would not be the golfer I am today. Trey, you owe me 20 bucks for that. Trey knows golf, I know auctions. Come see us at BlackmanAuctions.com. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. 
With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square District of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary, colorful rooms with high-quality bedding. Comfortable baths with walk-in showers and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time you visit El Dorado. Strength is measured not by the number of accounts. Strength is placing value on relationships. It's having the vision and the guts to invest in growth. It's the commitment to responsibly manage your money. At Stevens, we believe that our strengths build success, not only for us, but for our clients. Stevens, member NYSE, SIPC. Welcome back to this edition of From the Short Grass. I am Trey Shap. Patrick Sullivan took up the game of golf at a very young age and followed in his father's footsteps of playing the game, learned the game, and excelled at the game. And now he sits down with me here on From the Short Grass. On the tee, Patrick Sullivan. Patrick, thanks for joining me on From the Short Grass. You are an assistant golf coach with the Little Rock Trojans, but you got started playing golf at a very young age. How old were you when you first picked up a golf club? Ooh, uh, I mean, there's pictures of me when I was probably less than a year old. You know, still in diapers, still in di- still in diapers. Yeah, my dad always played, so I was I just grew up around the game. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I know there's a picture of me. Probably, I, I I don't think I could even walk yet holding a putter and a golf ball. Like when you were growing up, did you feel like you were forced? To play the game or it was something that you wanted to do no it's absolutely something i wanted to do oh my my dad never forced me um to do anything it's just always whenever he was going to the golf course i'd want to go to and and then it just you know turned into you know later you know 10 11 12 years old drop me off dad drop me off the golf course that's what i'd go hang out with my friends and do all that so absolutely never forced to do that Grew up in Central Arkansas, graduated from Catholic High School, and I noticed on your uh, Twitter account that uh, you say that you are the greatest athlete to ever come out of Catholic High School. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that kind of came out of a joke with Matt Mabry. Uh, somebody on Twitter, you know, said who's the best athlete to ever come out of your high school, and and I, I think I, I can't believe remember how it started. I may have, I may have poked him or whatever like that because we both graduated from Catholic as well, and. And it got kind of into a funny back and forth. And I think a lot of people, I've gotten comments on it from people that don't understand uh, understand that at all. And I just kind of left it up there. So I put it up there after we'd kind of gotten into the back, back and forth. And it was kind of a funny thing in between us. And it, it's still up there because I hadn't deleted it yet. Well, it says CHS. So some people could take that as Central High School, Cabot High School, Conway High School. But no, it's Catholic be, High know, School. Then, you know, to me, there's only one CHS. Really? Yeah, I mean, hey, it's Catholic High. So, Matt Mabry, uh, you two guys have something in common besides Catholic High School. Maumelle Classic Champions. You have put on a green jacket. Yep. The The funny thing is, is I don't even have any of my green jackets. So, I, I'm pretty sure that Kerry has them. Uh, and so, every He never every, got them to you? <laughs> no, I got, I got them, and then they had to borrow one for a trophy ceremony or something, and and I just never went back and got it back. So I'm pretty sure that the Momo Classic champion is tra- is putting on my jacket at the, on 18 green every year. 
Well, I, I will say this, and this is not to brag or anything, but the year that I was fortunate enough to win, when I tried to put it on, someone needs to tell the champion when it's that hot out there, you need to go ice down your arms before you try to put that jacket on because you cannot slip a jacket over your sweaty arms. No, it's definitely not the time to be wearing a sport coat. I mean, especially after grinding 18 holes on that back nine. On that course? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do you remember about your championships there? Oh, um i don't remember much i won two i don't remember much about one of them I actually for some reason i was digging around in my man cave last night and i came across the scoreboard of the one i don't remember i think i shot 209 or something like that like i played really good and and won like by five or something and the one i really that really stay, remember um and is my my best friend luke Bucky who I grew up with. We played golf together. Played college golf together. Still best friends. Twenty something years later, um, we always tell this story: is we were grinding and we were both playing really, really good. And and after two rounds, we were seven or eight shots clear of the field. And um, at that time, we finished the back nine was is the front nine. So we we're finishing on um, on that side. And we were grinding, and everybody was there. I mean, all the carts and everything. You you know, you've won the Mama Classic. You know how how much that membership really embraces that tournament, and how many spectators can get out there for that final group. You know, and so we were grinding out. And and Luke had played a lot of golf out there, so you know, you know, everybody kind of knew the two of us really right, well. Right. I think I had like a one shot lead on number seventeen, which is actual number eight, coming across the water. There. Par three, Par downhill. Three. Yep pond on the right pond on the right short and they had that pin tucked right in that little bowl short like you know not much room for error i hit one in there about 15 feet and it's a good shot it's like okay all right one shot lead hit it in there about 15 feet and luke hits it and it's it's right at the flag and it comes up just short hits the wall goes in the water i can kind of breathe now like okay you know we were fun but we were very competitive so we wanted to beat each other so we go down there you know thinking okay he's gonna Hit it up there. Worst case, he gets it up and down. I got two shots. Yeah, he makes bogey. Yeah, he makes bogey. He goes down the drop circle. Drops. I'm kind of, by that time, I'm kind of walking up to the green. He hits his wedge shot in there. Oh, no. Lands I know just past the hole. Spins back right in the bottom of the hole. Par. Par. Saves par. <laughs> and, of course, I've got this 15-footer now, you know, if it's 15 feet. It, you know, I hit a pretty good shot in there. And, uh, of course, I hit this terrible putt up there. And we both make par. You know, everybody just goes absolutely crazy. Oh, yeah. I, Luke's doing the hell or when running around the lake giving high fives to everybody. <laughs> you know, and it's just like now I'm standing on 9T. With going, a one-shot lead. With a one-shot lead. Like, I, I should be leading by two or three right now. Like, what what happened? Right. And uh, I hit it. I hit a good tee shot, and I hit it. Actually, hit a pretty good shot in there. A two putt from about six feet or something to win. Um, he'd had. I think he had. I hit it. I think it in there pretty close, and he missed like a 15, 20 footer, and so it's like six feet, and and I ran this thing like three feet by. <laughs> oh no! So and everybody's over there like, "What are back? you doing?" Yeah. Like, and uh, and fortunately, I made that one. But that that's one we just always tell because it's. I played enough rounds with Luke Bach. He always does something like that. You two went to Little Rock. When Norwood was mm-hmm. the golf coach there, you won the 2005 Sunbelt Conference individual tournament that year. What mm-hmm. do you remember about that? I remember, you know, you know, first off, I remember not really knowing. I wasn't a, I was I was a good junior player, not a great junior player. Um, but I know I wanted to play you know, I always had this drive in me like I wanted to play golf, you know, and and no coaches were knocking on my door, you know, and I I still remember getting in touch with Coach Norwood and and begging him to let me walk on. 
you know, mm-hmm. and and I still remember it to this day, and I give him a hard time every you know every now and then. Is to this day he was like, you know, there you sure you want to come on? You know, there's other schools that I can help get you on. You know, that were a little bit lower schools, and and I was like, no, I want to come on. I I don't care if I don't play play. I want you know, I think I'm good enough. You know, and I want to work, and I want I don't want to go to a lower school. I want to go to a Division One school obviously i knew you know luke was was playing there and and we had you know we had we had a good team and and i wasn't good enough that first year i remember i didn't play good i redshirted that next year got a little bit better kind of got in the lineup was probably you know essentially five man you know didn't didn't travel to every event but most of them um and then just kind of kept making progress and my my third year there i uh started seeing you know a lot of progress i had a you know lost in a playoff at our home event stuff like that and then that the the third year was was it was just kind of where I kind of really started figuring stuff out and started playing good and was really confident with what I was doing and I had a had a really good year the whole the whole year I think I um I'd won our home event by like eight shots something like that and and just played really good and so going in conference you know I knew just, you felt good I felt really good yeah and it was just a it was just a good week i just kind of you know maybe it didn't ha- i don't think i really had my best stuff but i had some really good you know you know and it was just but i just knew like if i just go out and just execute and and play well i'll win and i think it i think i ended up winning by a couple um you know and it was just kind of you know that was just uh, a really just really cool experience to be able to do and you know unfortunately our team didn't play that that well really that really that whole year and when did you know that Yes, I've got this now. And what was that like? Uh, I think it was probably, you know, definitely into my kind of redshirt sophomore year when I started, was able to start putting rounds together. Um, I always, you know, prided myself. I I felt like I was, you know, you know, I, I didn't never really felt like I had as much natural talent as a lot of people. So I felt like I had to outwork people and and having somebody like luke was was kind of the same way we'd grind we had you know and then we created that like partnership and we just we kind of push each other and and i think just kind of that red shirt sophomore year just kind of that stuff is kind of it's like okay like you know i can start putting rounds together and then and then the confidence builds and it's like okay this is a little bit easier i mean everything gets harder as you get, get on but it's like now i'm going out there and shooting even par and feeling like i left shots out there you know and um you know it's probably kind of right around in there and then definitely by the time I came back from my junior year I was like okay I'm I'm gonna have a good year I kind of had pretty high expectations so growing up you knew that golf was going to be in your life probably until you leave the earth basically but you decided that you wanted to try and make it a career Mm -hmm. as well yeah take me through the process after college of turning professional and trying to get on to the tours well yeah i mean that was probably that sophomore years you know towards especially towards the end of it um i started thinking about you know what am i going to do after after college you know is that is that an opportunity you know obviously with the students that i work with now even my younger students are they all say they want to play pga tour everybody you know? does everybody does you know we all we all when we go out and are practicing as kids we're making that putt to win the u.s open or whatever whatever it might be we always have that dream but it, about that sophomore year, redshirt sophomore year is like, you know, that that may be a possibility. You know, like start thinking about that, and it's like obviously I've got to get a lot better 
but I can see myself at least giving it a try, right? And then definitely into that next year, and I'd actually had a jo- an opportunity come up after that year, after I'd won conference that, you know, that that point I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna play professional, you know, and I, I had one more year of eligibility left, and I was like, you know, that's definitely something that I want to do. You know, how am I going to be able to afford it? It just happened that an opportunity came up at that time for a job opportunity working for Sidney Frank of uh, Grey, Goose, Grey Goose Vodka. He started Grey Goose and um, had sold it. And he was an he was an older gentleman, you know, 85 years old, um, lived in New York, loved golf, loved investing in golf, and wanted to write, really invest in guys lives college you know college kids lives you know post-college kids to help them kind of on their journey for professional golf and so what he created what he created essentially like this team of guys that that he paid came out and, and they played and practiced and he you know would follow around every day you know just because he couldn't was wasn't physically able to play golf anymore but he could kind of play you know through us sure essentially and and it was just too good of an opportunity especially knowing what i wanted to do it's like okay you know i can do this i can go live in new york in the summer i can go to san diego in the winter and not have to worry about weather for out and then and start building that career um and start you know have that opportunity obviously the financial backing would be there as well um and it was such a great opportunity and you know luke got the job as well he actually was the one that got me the job he 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 got it before and there's a there's a story we went out to visit him in san diego and that's you know it was kind of you know, we're not ever going to meet Mr. Frank, you know, it was just kind of that way. And they ended up needing one guy last minute to play golf one morning. And he came and woke me up. He's like, Hey, you're going to play golf with us. And, and I met Mr. Frank that way. And, you know, he offered me a job and, and, you know, it was just, for me, it was just a too good of opportunity to pass up and knowing what, for me, I'd accomplished a lot of stuff that I wanted to in college. And, and by that point I was kind of like looking towards the future and that was just a way um, that I could get a great experience, but also, you know, build towards that future. So you made it to the corn Ferry tour. Mm-hmm. It's tough to stay there. <laughs> it's very tough to stay there. Um, yeah, I definitely went a long way, um, to get there. I turned pro in 2006, um, uh, worked for Mr. Frank, um, for a year. Unfortunately he, he passed away, but was able to set us up, you know, very well financially um it's just a he's a, he was just an awesome human being i mean just a blessing to have played for about 2006 through 2010 bouncing around many tours um adams tour hooters tour going to q school every year uh, made it to second stage a couple times um at that point i was i was getting married and it's just kind of like man i hadn't really i hadn't made it past second stage of q school you know money's running dry um it just I'm getting married okay maybe I just need to settle down and and actually took a you know took a job working at a couple of country clubs around here as an assistant golf professional um quit playing thinking you know I'm I'm done you know and after about five years of being an assistant golf professional you know it's it's a lot of work and not much pay right it was just a it just I realized it was not really where my passion was um it's not really something that I was really wanting to do full time, and I, I was really kind of stuck in that. You know, I I kept playing a little bit, not not you know, actually, you know, I just tried to keep up my game. You know, obviously, just I played in some local, you know, assistant PGA events, kind of, you know, that kind of stuff. But it, 
I just really felt this like want to like go try it like one more time. It's like I I didn't I felt like I didn't really leave it on good terms. I felt like I just kind of quit on it a little bit just because it was kind of the thing you got to do. And so I think in 2015 I quit my job, started really playing again, went back, played mini tours for a couple of years, went to Q school. I think I got to second stage one of the next two years. Um, I actually played some really good golf. I would say during that stretch was probably some of the best golf that I played. The Trojans, back-to-back trips to the NCAA tournament. Last year, getting through to the championships out of the Stillwater Regional. This year, not able to make it Mm -hmm. um, to the championships at Greyhawk, but a conference championship this past year, and uh, that was impressive. Yeah, this is fun to be a part of. Um, I just remember towards the end, you know, know, so went to – got through final stage played terrible that year went back in with the old mindset of okay last chance i'm gonna go finish go through q school got through again got starts played a whole year played terrible again lost my card and went back to to q school third the third time i guess it was 2019 or something i think it was 2019 and i remember i'd you know i'd kept up with you know knew jake and obviously knew all the guys and kind of kept up with them and you know, Jake and I were talking, he's like, what are you going to do after you get done? You know, and, you know, I kind of started to teach a little bit on the side and stuff like that. I was like, well, I don't know. He's like, well, if you want to come help me out, I'd love to have you. And I was like, you know, that could actually, that would actually be kind of fun to like to do. And so I remember I actually helped him out the, our event before I made it through first stage and before second stage, I went and was the assistant coach at, at the event. None of the guys really knew me that well and probably didn't listen to like, anything who's I this said. Guy? And yeah, who's this guy? And um, so he went second stage and just missed out at second stage, and, and was I was kind of like, okay, I'm done. All right, cool. You know, I really didn't – you know, I'd had a, a piece about it. And so I went back, and, and that next semester is like, okay, where we got into – really getting to know the guys and, and, and kind of really helping out and helping them out. And, and three, <laughs> three events in two or three events in COVID hits <laughs> and oh, it's done. Yeah. So I was pretty much, I think I was the curse on that, on that season, but, but definitely, but moving on that next year, creating those relationships with the guys, really helping them, you know, hopefully helping them progress and develop um, and adding, you know, hopefully a little bit of, that competitive side and you know, that competitive background and helping them along. Um, and, but just seeing them the last two years has just been, I'm just so proud of them. You teach now too. Mm-hmm. How can people get in contact with you if they mm-hmm. would like to take lessons? I just find me on the, on the Instagram. Um, Patrick Sullivan golf on Instagram, just reach out, DM me. Um, you know, I just, I've, that's when that's been, that's kind of a, been a huge passion like i love like seeing players develop and you know because i i know what it takes to do that you know essentially i did that you know with myself obviously but being able to help them through and avoid those some of those pitfalls that i fell into you know what i mean and seeing you know seeing them develop and progress and um you know that's just been that's been so fun you know both both with my with my students and and then with the team as well like it's just you know, it's been kind of a blessing being able to get away from the competitive. Doesn't mean I'm not competitive, and I think about it every now and then. But then I think about, no, nope, I'm not going to travel that much. Yeah, you know, that's I'm done. And but being able to kind of, you know, see other, 
you know, help other people out in that journey. You know, it's been just a blessing. One tip that you could give an amateur, let's say something that's simple and easy that's out there to help them get off a tee, what would it be? Um, I think a lot of, I think a lot of, uh, Ooh, come put me on the spot. I'm not sure if there's any really one thing. Um, I think that's one thing that I've learned is there's a lot of different ways to do it. Um, everything is individual. Um, you know, I think just the ability to have good rhythm. I think a lot of, a lot of people struggle with that a little bit. I think structure and rhythm and in a golf swing is, is paramount. Um, but it, you know, it's hard to like just pinpoint one thing and that's, you know, it's easy to give like that golf digest sure. tip, right? Yeah. But it doesn't work for everybody. And no. that's, that's one thing that I just try to preach with my students is something I'm telling somebody is not necessarily the, you know, what you see on YouTube is not necessarily what you need to be working on, you know? And I, I have students that I come in, oh, you've been watching YouTube, haven't you? Like, yeah, I've been down a rabbit hole, you know? And so I've always said this, that every individual is different. Every yeah. golf swing is different. Absolutely. You're not going to find two golf swings that are identical. That's You're not. You're absolutely right. And and some some have some tendencies that may not be technically good. And, and something that I, I really work towards is, finding things that maybe I just don't touch. Maybe I just let them be because that's, you know, what they do and what they do well. Think of, you know, a Scotty Scheffler. I mean, there's a lot oh, yeah. of things in that golf Jim swing that, would, that some teachers would have easily have taught out, Yeah, you know, and then it's like Jim Furyk. Exactly. It's like, so it's like if you would have gone and changed all those things, would they have had the careers that they have? I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, Scheffler's got a green jacket. Yeah. I mean, you've got a green jacket. His is a little bit uh, more <laughs> prestigious yeah. <laughs> and a little greener. He's also got over several million dollars in the bank account, too, because he's got a runner-up in the U.S. Open as well. Right. Uh, favorite golf course you've ever played? Uh, it's got to be somewhere, one of the golf courses, any of the golf courses abandoned. Um, just it's such a cool, uh, just a, such a cool place. I mean, it's it's i was telling somebody the other day it's the the only place that when i left property you know for the next you know when about a year ago for you know periodically every few days i think about man when i can can i go back yeah you know and fortunately I'm going, we're going back in in march and we got a little guys trip out there again but it's just like just if if you get a chance to go no don't pass it up it'd be the coolest experience you know no matter the weather i remember the first day we played and it was pumping wind and raining and we had about 20 of us and just you know we were all playing back to back and crossing holes or whatever and everybody's just laughing and having a great time most times guys would be like let's I'm head going in. In. i'm done yeah. you know what i mean and it's just like it's just such a cool place and environment like you just don't care like yeah. there's not a care in the world you know it's like just getting away from everything fantasy foursome who would be in Patrick Sullivan's fantasy foursome? You, three other golfers, living or deceased. Ooh, you definitely put me on the spot here on this one. Um, you know, obviously my dad would be in that. Um, just somebody that introduced me to the game. You know, I I I think I would like to have you know maybe like a Ben Hogan because I just want to. You know, I'm not in that generation that was. You know, he was you know i think he passed away you know obviously i was born when he passed away but 
um i just kind of want to see what all the hype was about you yeah. know i want to yeah. see him hit balls and see what other people saw um i think that would be that would be awesome um and then i would just i think somebody like a you know like an alistair mckenzie or a donald ross or somebody like that like you know architecture something I'm, i really love and just want to see like what they were thinking back in the day and kind of and especially put them in a modern day is like what do they think about what golf now and what it is yeah. you know and just to hear their thoughts on it you know they may hate they may hate it they may be like well yeah and kind of that would be was. cool yeah and just to kind of see you know and hear hear what they do yeah what that they would thought. be cool that would be cool patrick thanks so much for the time absolutely yeah thanks for having me This is Thomas Blackman with Blackman Auctions. The economy is changing slowly but surely. The market is slowing down in a gradual slide. Not an emergency yet, the sky is not falling, but a change is coming. When times are good, auctions make buyers compete to buy at the highest market value. When the economy gets tough, auctions force buyers to make a purchase decision. Either way, auctions get the highest return for a seller and a strong deal for a buyer. With an experienced auction company, it's a simple process. Go to BlackmanAuctions.com for more information. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square district of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary, colorful rooms with high-quality bedding. Comfortable baths with walk-in showers and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time time you visit El Dorado. That will do it for this edition of From the Short Grass. Before we go, I want to thank Blackman Auctions. Since 1938, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Go see Thomas and the gang. You can find them on the web, blackmanauctions.com. They do auctions. They do auctions right. Since 1938, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Thanks to Patrick Sullivan for taking the time and sitting down with me. And remember, when you find your ball mark on the green, fix it and a couple of more. And I hope to see you from the short grass. You've been listening to From the Short Grass, a weekly podcast dedicated to the game of golf. This has been a presentation of the Buzz Radio Network.